2: Hi, I'm Becky Mitchell, your Fearless Growth Leader. And I'm so honored to be with you during this time and get to share a few things from my heart. So thank you for joining me. And we're going to talk about fearless growth. And we're going to talk about what it means to actually have that and experience that and actually become that person that, You believe God wants you to be. I want you to ask yourself something. Am I being my best version? Am I being my genuine, authentic self, the person that God wants me to be? And if you can't answer yes to that, to those questions, this is perfect for you. You're right where you're supposed to be at this perfect timing for such a time as this. Nine years ago, God, I just, I call it my awe moment from him, because it was a time in my life that he showed me that I wasn't really being my genuine, authentic self. Not only did he show me that, but he showed me what a staunch people pleaser I was. And some really awesome things with that. He showed me my purpose. He put a calling on me, and so much more. But he also said, I want you to share your story. I want you to share the struggles and the trials and the things that you've been through to help other people. However, I can't use you how you are, so you're going to have to change. Now, I don't know if you've ever went through change in your life. Sometimes change that we don't create intentionally can be hard or difficult. Sometimes we've had to deal with things that are unpleasant. But change is good. See, change takes us from a place that we are to a place that we desire to be. But it's a choice. Change is a choice that only you can make. I believe that every person in the world right now, today, right at any time can use a good dose of reality. I think everyone needs a reality check. Now I know that's not popular and I know that's not pleasant And it's not always fun getting real about you. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it brings fear, fear of what people might think, fear of the unknown, fear of failure so much. Are you living in fear today? If you are, I wanna encourage you to stop, to stop. I'm gonna give you three steps. I have a seven step process. That God has helped me put together and I'm gonna share I'm breaking it down into three for you number one is that reality check where are we where am I you know some people aren't willing to do that some people aren't willing to really assess where they are sometimes we have to self-examine in order to get somewhere we have to do that I know that the popular thing is to say, Ooh, positive affirmations, read and plug yourself into positivity, and everything will be okay. And don't look in the rearview mirror because it's this small. Look in the windshield because we're going forward, not backward. I love all that. That's fantastic. However, I believe there is a step that is missing, so, so missing and that is we do have to stop and take a hit backwards, not stay there, but we definitely have to assess where we are, where it is we come from, the challenges, the struggles, whatever it is, why? One of the best questions you can ever ask yourself is why? Why did I just do that? Why am I constantly feeling this way? Why do I have such a bad attitude? Why am I angry? Why do I struggle with this sin? Why does it have such a stronghold on me? Why do I have lust in my heart? Why do I feel like I steal all the time? Why do I feel the need to, to steal, to lie, to cheat? Whatever it is, that's getting real. That's the That's the ugly, yucky pieces that most people are not willing to do. But I wanna share, in order for you to experience fearless growth, with fearless change, we have to go there. We don't have to stay there. We don't wanna stay there. But we definitely have to go there to figure out the steps that we need to make in order to move forward into our very best self. So number one is getting real. It's really important to be real with yourself. You don't have to tell anybody anything. God already knows anyway, so why not, why not? Fear will keep us stuck fear will keep us dreading fear will keep us worried upset sad depressed with anxiety that's not god's best i've had a lot of struggles in my life okay i want to encourage you today if you are alone if you feel alone if you fear if you're feeling fearful if you're feeling like you have no one to talk to, you're depressed. Whatever the case, I I wanna share this with you. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have felt like it was just me and God. Did I know there were people that loved me? Yes, but they weren't really showing up. I can't tell you how many times in my life I had to encourage myself, just like Job. Sometimes no one else is gonna do it for us. So I'm here to encourage you today to encourage you. That's number one. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself those hard questions and really get down to the root issue, to the heart of the matter. That's where we wanna start. That's where we begin to build that foundation. Then we come into Conditioning the mind, it's just a matter of being consciously aware. Consciously aware of why and how and who and everything in our life, who I am, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. When we begin to become consciously aware, it enables us to make clearer and better choices. And that is conditioning the mind you know our choices don't just affect us they affect everyone around us and trust me when i say this i know because i've made a lot of really bad choices in my life you know the reality is is that we live in the flesh and and this life is hard sometimes and you're not going to hear motivational speakers tell you that i could stand up here and say everything you want me to say and everything that's positive and great and encouraging and yes i love those things but i have to say Hey, we have to examine where we are before we can begin the process of growth and change. So I care, therefore I'm going to share. Conditioning the mind is really important. At this point, we can start implementing some of those things, some of those positive. You know, I, I always encourage people to plug in um, scripture. First, reading the instruction manual for life, your Bible, Um, music, good music, good, uplifting, positive, encouraging. Yes, all of those things are fabulous. And after we do that reality check, self-examination, that's when we can start becoming consciously aware, conditioning the mind, and then implementing some of that stuff, the fun stuff. You know, we have to go through the other stuff before we can get to that. It's a process, right? Change and growth is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And number three, I want, I, I want to share this too. When we begin to condition the mind, we can then set some goals. You know, it's great to have a target. It's great to have something that you're going after. But it's important to have a goal behind that. And it's even more important to have a bigger dream behind that gonna help us stay focused, stay on target, stay moving and fearlessly growing. And number three, the third thing is transformation. Transformation is possible, surrender is required. We have to surrender to that struggle, whatever it is. And that just takes us back to step one. When we learn, when we can really learn to surrender to that struggle It then enables us to move forward freely. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That transformation, that change that comes has to start with that reality check. So no matter where you are today, I want to encourage you to encourage yourself to Do those three things, assess where you are, start to condition your mind and begin a transformation. The process is lengthy. It doesn't happen overnight. And if you need help, I'm right here. I didn't have that when I started. Nine years ago, when God showed me this and he began to do a work in me and show me I wasn't being my genuine self. I didn't have a a coach or a mentor, or anyone to walk through that with me. So that's what I am here as your fearless growth leader to do with you today. I believe that every one of us are here on purpose for a purpose. And are you living a life of purpose as yourself, the person that God wants you to be? I hope so, and if not, reach out to me and have a beautiful, amazing day.
3: That slogan actually started with the spelling of my name, and it only came about in the last two and a half years, maybe three years. I've been in St. Louis for a little over three years, so yeah, right about that time. And when I was younger, I was just a guy that hated to have his name misspelled. And, you know, it's typical J-A-S-O-N. I'm J-A-Y-S-O-N. And I remember the time so specifically because... I moved here September of sixteen, and it was before my fortieth birthday, which is which was December of sixteen. And I called my mom, and I told her, I said, "Thank you, thank you for whatever inspired you to putting that Y in my name, because it's given total validation to who I am, what I believe, why I, why I believe I'm here." Um, so I refer to myself as a person of purpose. I am driven by my own journey of purpose and do my best to, to guide those that are intrigued and interested and, and ready to go on their own personal journeys of purpose. I, I remember it very vividly, I was living in Atlanta, I was I actually lived in Atlanta before I came here to St. Louis in Atlanta, August of 2015 and, and those, again, those times and dates are, are, they have their own relevance to them. But August 2015, I was cleaning my condo just as I normally would. And, you know, YouTube will have, like, the algorithms of what you listen to and what what they play next. And Simon Sinek's TED Talk came on, Start With Why. And I was listening, not even, you know, secondary listening and, and not even really paying a close attention to it. But it struck me. And probably for the next six to eight months, maybe even a year, I just... Dove into Simon. His I listened to every podcast he was on. I listened to every interview he did. I just started really listening to what he was talking about, as far as why and purpose and all of that. And yeah, through all of that, I started to kind of just mold and put together my past experiences, the things that I've been through. um, You know, verbiage, athletically, non-athletic, just literally threw everything into a pot and this journey to purpose which we can talk about I I created an acronym and I like to say that it was divinely given to me because I'm not that smart but the acronym to purpose is passion uncommon resilience preparation opportunity service and experience and those seven things you know I feel like those are the anchor to Self-reflection. Those aren't the end-all, be-all seven questions, but most people struggle answering those seven questions. What are you passionate about? What makes you uncommon? So on and so forth. And just going down this path of self-discovery, self-reflection, self-awareness, that is what ultimately leads you to purpose, I believe. So that's kind of how it all starts. So my why verbalized is to develop extraordinary winners so they can go inspire and empower the world and so develop extraordinary winners is a twist so i keep referring to this band so on the other side of purpose is a phrase do you Um, but it's an acronym so most of us use that phrase you know do you do you we all use it in some way shape or form but uh it's part my the dew originally is personal for me it's my dad's initials my dad passed away in 03 um, and it was literally just me you know having some type of little tribute to him this was right around the time when rubber bands were becoming popular lance armstrong had the live strong bands and it, it became that and not until i was in the middle of my professional career uh not until after i retired did i come up with the develop extraordinary winners that could be applicable to everybody because oh yeah do you you know, you know people would ask for them and i would hesitantly give them to them Um, So that's where it came about, Develop Extraordinary Winners, listening to Simon and um, Stephen Shedletsky, who actually used to do his podcast when he when they did the Start With Why podcast. I spoke to Stephen a couple times on the phone in reaching out to Simon and he's like, in in developing your why statement, it should be an action and an impact. And so I took Develop Extraordinary Winners as the action and then add it on so they can go inspire and empower the world as the impact item and so everything about that is directly related if i'm on a basketball court coaching athletes it's directly applicable if i'm standing in front of a room of c-suite executives it's directly applicable the professional years especially but you know four years of college four years of high school you know middle school going back it's literally when we talk about that journey um, it's everything. It's a culmination of everything. And so yes, a lot of that uh, was really brought out in my professional years. You have the maturity, you have the experience to to be able to understand certain things. but it's it's really a culmination of everything and And the biggest things that I've learned and continue to learn is a, most people are attracted to sports in some way, shape, or form, whether they played it or not, whether they're interested in my specific sport or not. It like they're attracted, and, and sports is what brings us through tough times. Which is kind of the down part about even this time that we're in now is we don't have sports to kind of get us through this. But um, some of the big things that I've learned: teamwork. Um, responsibility work ethic attitude leadership both both ends how to lead and how to be led Um, respect honesty truth accountability connection love you know all of those things like I call them the principles that don't change and I could go off on a whole tangent about this but uh, I feel like that's part of where we're at right now is we're so caught up into what I refer to as the procedures, how we do things, that we've lost the principles. And much like Simon says, your what may change, but your why won't. I feel like procedures change, but but principles don't. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just kind of use those things. At, and, and the cool part about it is, um, and, and you mentioned enhancement coach. So my other title air quotes is experience teller. And we talked before we started recording about I I struggle with social labels so motivational speaker is the social label I don't want to be called that let's call it enhancement or let's call it experience teller because literally that is all I'm doing is telling my story Uh, and my story happens to be foundationally driven through athletics and through basketball but there is no more awesome feeling than to have someone who doesn't like basketball never played basketball and we get this total connection and energy based off of not the content of the story but the emotion that it evoked we we were speaking about kobe before we started recording and one of the things that it was so cool to in just watching an interview of him and he spoke about joseph campbell And Joseph Campbell was this guy really big into mythology. And he came, he was the one that kind of coined what we now refer to as the hero's journey, which Donald Miller has taken and and created the story brand book. Um, But listening to that, it's and studying story, which is pretty much what I do. I found the thing that works best for me is that word that you mentioned, that authenticity. And I believe that authenticity, if you were to have authenticity as an umbrella, I feel like the two legs to authenticity are self-awareness and vulnerability Mm -hmm. so knowing of myself um taking what i've been through and then i like to say not referring to it as good or bad it just is it just is and so taking those things that allows me to get to a place of self-awareness and then the vulnerability piece is now those same experiences but being able to share My uncertainties, my fears, my weaknesses, all of those things that we do our best to shun away and not let people in on. I feel like it's the the combination of those two things, vulnerability and self-awareness, which lead us, me, to a point where we can be authentic. And again, I, I speak from my own. I have found that with authenticity, most people are attracted to it. But across the board, people are either attracted to it or appalled by it. There's, there's not really an in the middle, you know, and so for me, I, I do my best to just create an energy where I attract the people like going back to Simon. I attract the people who believe in what I believe in, not literally, but believe in growth, believe in enhancement, believe in improvement and getting better and all of those different things. So kind of going back to that principles and procedures thing, I was having a conversation with I, I refer to everybody as coach. Uh, I read something one time about the word mentor that didn't sit well with me. So I I just call everybody coach, whether it's athletically or non-athletically. And so this young man who's 75 years old, so he's at least 75. You've been telling me that for three years, though. So he's at least 75, (laughs) could be 78. Uh, His name is Jim Burson, and I met him in the basketball world, but he never actually coached me. But he and I were having a conversation a couple years ago, and he said, um, you know, we are talking about communication, and he said, you know, we used to write letters or we used to pick up the phone in my day. And now is the new written letter. Is it an email? Is it a text message? And I was like, coach, it doesn't matter. Like the, what matters is we, we have to communicate. And a couple minutes later in the same conversation, we're talking about the generational gap. And he's like, you know, we can't coach this generation how we coached you guys. And, and coach, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they still need to be coached. Mm-hmm. You know, procedures change. And so he and I in that moment came up with a quote, and I've done as much research as I can to see if anybody else has said it and no one else has. But that quote is change with the times, but cling to unchanging principles. Mm. And so I would say that's the biggest advice that that I've gotten is, you know, in this journey that we're on, the journey is going to have turns, curves, stops, even retreats. So you have to change with the times, but having that self-awareness, personal self-awareness and, and the ability to be able to, to step into your vulnerability allows you to be able to cling to those principles, whatever your principles are. Most of us have the same foundational principles and then they kind of morph from there. But if you start talking about the things I talked about earlier, most people would be OK with having that as a foundation. And so sticking with those is probably where I would go man this is tough because it's so recent but I would I would probably go Kobe I would probably go Kobe because I fought when you and I first met a year or so ago I was in the middle of fighting I'm more than an athlete like don't call me a basketball player don't don't just people don't ask me do I play basketball they ask me who I play for (laughs) And I was so in the middle of fighting that. And and again, and like we talked about before we started recording, um, Kobe shed such an awesome light on basketball was his platform, but it was only the platform. It was only the platform. Um, Yeah, so it would it would probably be Kobe, unfortunately after death now but yeah, there's some people on that list I feel like and I've actually been told this by several different people most recently this morning so apparently I have an ability to put people in uncomfortable situations or take people out of their comfort zone but not have them go through all of the emotions that when you're taken out of your comfort zone you go through frustration irritation anger all those different things so um, just this morning I got a text message from a friend who said like, you're, you're a mirror so it goes back to that authenticity piece that we're saying I think my ability to be able to display my authenticity gives other people the the okay to kind of drop their guard and that's ultimately what I want my impact on the world to be when I'm not here anymore I want people to say I'm walking more in my my, my most authentic self because I ran across Jason and he walked in his most most authentic self.
1: Hi, my name is Penny Zanker, and I'm a, an international speaker, a best-selling author, and a strategic business coach. And I'm also a focusologist. So what does that mean? Well, it means that I help people to focus on the 20% that gets them 80% of the results. That's focusing on what's most important. And that's not always easy because we have competing priorities and we have situations and circumstances that distract us and get in the way. So I wanna share with you today three steps that are going to help you to shift your focus away from the problems and towards the solutions, so that you can work through those problems faster, and challenges and obstacles, and reach the goals that you want to reach quicker. And now I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but with the right steps and the right focus, it is going to be easier. So let's take a look. Number one is going to be being able to find acceptance. Now finding acceptance isn't Easy. I mean, it's part of any process, any grief or any circumstances that goes away from what you expected it to be is immediately going to be a stressful situation because you have a mismatch of expectations. And so to work through that, finding acceptance of understanding and, and appreciating this is where you are. Not, see it not worse than it is and see it not better than it is, but where it is. Being pragmatic and stepping back from the situation to be able to look at all sides and be able to say, what does this mean? And what else does this mean? Helps you to be able to accept the situation for what it is. That's, that's a tool for you is how do you step back and ask a question like, what does this mean? And the first meaning you give it is going to be more emotional is probably gonna make it worse than it is. So when you say, what else does this mean? And what else does this mean? It's gonna give you a, a broader perspective. But even more importantly for finding acceptance, I found for myself was my values and my principles. And there was a principle that I've always held ever since I can remember, which was everything happens for a reason. And it it frees me with that principle from having to know why it happens and just to understand that there's a higher purpose and to accept that. So when my father was killed in an accident, while he was on vacation with my mom when I was in college, I relied on that principle. And even though it wasn't easy, as I said, to work through that, it did help to make it easier for me because that was an important principle that everything happens for a reason. And, and so I could step back and ask that question. And maybe something worse was going to happen to him. So he died instantly versus going through any pain and maybe there was more pain in his future and he was spared of that. You know, maybe it was this and maybe it was that. And so it helped me to, to, to accept it more quickly and to, and to move on. Uh, you know, also there's a, a poem that's called Reason, Season, Lifetime. And it talks about people coming into our life for a reason to help us with a particular problem or challenge and or us coming into their life for that or uh, helping us through a particular season. So uh, maybe when you have kids, you're friends with other people that have kids that are the same age and you help each other through the various challenges and, and times that happen through that. And, and we see that people do also, they, they leave our life. They're, they're not as, as present or, um, or for some reason, the friendship uh, doesn't work anymore. It falls apart or it goes away. So instead of being upset and hurt, by those situations it's also helped me to use that principle that uh, that they were in my life for a reason and 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 to learn what there is to learn from that relationship or that circumstance and take those lessons into my life for a lifetime so go ahead and check that poem out uh, reason season lifetime i've i haven't described it exactly as the poem in is but just to understand that as people come into our lives because relationships are one of the things that create the most Uh, the most hurt and the most uh, uh, swing of emotions for us. So if we can just remember and accept what that relationship was about, reason, season or lifetime, it might help us through that challenging time. And that can also be for particular uh, successes and challenges and, and all of that. There's a lesson to be learned from every experience that we have and if we focus on that, it helps us to move through it quicker. So let's look at number two. Number two is to connect to a higher purpose. Now, I even mentioned it in reason, you know, having a principle that says that there's a a reason for everything. And that's interesting, right? Is because there's a higher purpose. Well, when we connect to a higher purpose, and this could be in your organization, in your company, when you're connecting to what it is that your company stands for, and the mission of whose lives you're transforming and changing, that makes a difference. That gives us an extra set of, of, oomph and and power behind us, it empowers us. And also because it's not about ourselves. Because when we're focused on ourselves and especially around a problem, then we tend to stay in the problem and we tend to make it more about us which creates us as the victim. And, well, we're just never gonna create the level of success and the possibilities that are open to us if we're in that place of victim. We have to be empowered to be the victor, to be the person who is rises above it and becomes the best part of ourselves. And typically that happens when we connect to a higher purpose. People find more happiness when they connect to charities uh, or when they're connected to an organization and, and the people in the organization and what it stands for. We've seen that people have through through studies that there's a higher level of happiness and satisfaction through that through job satisfaction i mean think about also we put a man on the moon and think about all the challenges that we've encountered in that process and how we've overcome those challenges and come up with incredible technological advances because of its pursuit so we can do amazing things, things that we didn't even know were possible when we put our heads to it and we connect to a higher purpose. And that's the same for you in your life and your career and your family, in every area of your life. When you connect to that higher level of purpose, you don't need to rely on willpower to get something done, for instance. Uh, you can rely on the why power. That is way more powerful than willpower. So if you're looking to make a change in your life or, or To achieve something incredible connect to a higher purpose and lastly number three is really putting in place support structures is having support structures there to support you and 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 keep you on track I mean think of them as guardrails so support structures can be anything from uh, let's say, a calendar that's, that you're blocking your time. That's a support structure and a process that you put in place so that you can actually book in your calendar the things that are most important. And what that also allows you to do is, it allows you to let go of the things that are less important because we want to please everybody. And through wanting to please everybody and wanting to manage competing priorities, we find ourselves stuck and overwhelmed. But when we put these guardrails and these structures in place, it helps us to filter out things that don't belong. For us to easier say no to something and get clear that this is, these are the things that make the biggest difference. So when there's all different types of structure, if you think about it, anything you do, you rely on structure. If you go to the supermarket, you probably have a shopping list. That's structure to make sure that you remember everything that you're there for. Uh, If you're cooking in the kitchen, you're going to probably use a recipe. A recipe is going to help you to make that cake or do that thing that you're looking to to make that you've never made before. And if you have made it before, then you can deviate from the structure a little bit and you have that level of flexibility because you've gained the nuances that the structure has given you to be able to add some flexibility to that. But you can always fall back on the structure. every area of her life. You're going to go on a diet, there's a plan, right? End and end and end. There's always some structure that supports us in everything that we do and we're better in doing it when we have that structure because it keeps us on track. So where do you need to put structure in place or filters uh, or support in your environment so that it will better support you in focusing on the things that are most important and block out the things that aren't as important. Block out those distractions, all the noise, so that you can stay focused on the signal. So those are the steps that are going to help you to work through problems quicker, challenges, obstacles. It's gonna help you move through it and it's going to help you to get to your result faster, no matter what it is, whether it's a change in behavior that you're looking for, whether it's a a goal in your business, or whether it's uh, something you want to achieve in your relationship or in your health. These three areas, these three steps, are going to help you to move through it more quickly and to stay focused on what's most important. And that's what a focusologist does, is it helps you with those types of strategies that are going to help you at every step of the way so that you can stay focused and stay on track. So I know this is not an easy time, there's a lot of change. And so, you know, the military says that in battle, right, because it's a highly stressful time, we don't rise to the occasion, we fall back on our training. And that's their structure. So and I always say, in that same context, that under stress, we don't rise to the occasion, we fall back on our thinking. And our thinking is all about focus, where you choose to focus. Are you focused on the problem or are you focused on the solution? So each one of these steps helps us to shift from focusing on the problem to focusing on the solution. So again, find acceptance, connect to your higher purpose, and create support structures that keep you on track. That's how you're going to be your best self and achieve your goals faster. I'm sending you much love My name is Penny Zanker, and you can reach me at pennyskeynote.com. I look forward to your success. Stay focused.
0: Hello, hello. I teach women how men fall in love, why men fall in love, and what causes a man to stay in love with you. Hello, this is Ed Johnson, a.k.a. Dr. Love, that's Dr. The Real Deal Love, where you get nothing but the real deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> always say it like that. I just get a kick out of that. Hello. It's important for me to just come and share with you. I was invited to uh, just speak with you just for a few moments on Lift Up The World. Okay, this is the Lift Up The World Project where we're, we're coming together just to share something with you to lift your spirits, to lift your head up, to lift your heart, to lift your mind, to lift you from a lower level to the highest possible place that you can be. I know we're going through some changes. I know that uh, a lot's going on, the coronavirus and Uh, we have uh, so much going on with the, the police department. So what do we do? I mean, I want you to help me go through what I call leading through change, leading through change. There's a lot of changes taking place. And we want to lead through change. I say it like this. You may disagree with me. You may agree with me. We continue to say the world is changing. Somebody said the world is changing. I always say the world is not changing. How we do things is changing. You know, the world is still the same. Summer comes, after summer is fall, and then there's winter, okay? Winter will always come after summer. It will never change. The moon will always rule by night, and the sun will always rule by day. It will never change. So wherein some say the world is changing, I say the world is pretty much the same. There's some differences. But how we do things is changing. You may disagree or agree with me. But leading through change is something that we want to do. And I wanted to just take a moment and lift you up in your spirit and just share with you. Uh, I'm always talking about relationships, men and women. Uh, what should she do? What should she say? Okay. Uh, Waddles, D. Waddles said this here. The success of a relationship is not doing certain things. It's doing things a certain way. And if you do things in this certain way, you're sure to win. So in this relationship arena, in this time of uh, change that we're dealing with, I want to help you begin to understand that if you begin to understand I would love to be, I was just talking with the young lady the other day, she said, I would love to be in a relationship with the man of my dreams. One lady said, I am in a relationship with the man of my dreams, and we it hit a sour note, and it looks like I may lose him. I said, the most important thing, the most important thing, is to begin to have dialogue with yourself, okay? I don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to share this with, with you, because oftentimes, Women say this, sometimes men would say it, I don't want to lose him. I say, you may not lose him. She says, I don't want to lose him. I say, you may have never had him. She said, hmm. She said, I don't want to lose him. I said, well, think about it. If you find yourself, you may gain him. See, if you become the woman, if you become the person you were meant to be, That's the question. Are you becoming the person that you were meant to be? Okay? Because it's not the relationship. The relationship is not the most important thing. What's most important is who you become as a result of the relationship. Okay? So the number one relationship, the most important relationship, is the relationship with yourself. I always say to my children, a better me makes a better you. And the better I get, the better you get. Isn't that good? I started doing something in the morning when I wake up, I just start sending love. People that I have challenges with, people that 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 seem to stir me sometime, or you know, some people rub you the wrong way. I start sending love. And then after I thought about it, I said, I'm sending them love. I said, I better send some love to me so I get deal with them. <laughs> You know, so I started sending some love to them. And then after a while, one morning I woke up, I said, listen, I'm going to send some love to me so I can deal with those people that I come in contact with so that I can handle them better today than I did yesterday. Okay. So I wanted to share with you, it's important for you to deal with the most important relationship on earth. That's the relationship with my A lot of people wouldn't admit it, but we have challenges with ourselves. You've gone through some things. I say this all the time, and this happens to be men and women. Okay, I've gone through some things in life that I've never told no one about it. I'm ashamed. I don't want nobody to know. So I keep it to myself. So the relationship doesn't go where it needs to go because you're not loving yourself. You're not valuing yourself. I had, I had to work with myself through low self-esteem. A lot of people don't want to say that. But I had low self-esteem where I didn't talk correctly. I, I would stumble over my words. I didn't look people in the eye. You know, I had low self-esteem. And I said, boy, I got to do something about this. Now, listen to this. This, this. this definition of self-esteem is great. Uh, self-esteem means to appreciate the worth and the value of you. In these times that we're dealing with, you've got to value you. Because if you value you, if you value your relationship, if you value who you are, you're going to value me. Is that all right? Every man needs a quiet place to retreat within his own soul. Every man, every woman needs a place to retreat within his own soul, within your soul. See, in your your soul is is the place where you hold stuff where you've never told no one. My aunt said this. She said to me, secrets buried alive don't die. You've got to work through them. You've got to begin to build your value. What you've been through doesn't define who you are. The mistakes you made don't determine who you are. So lift up your heart. Lift up your mind. Lift up your heart and know whatever it is that you're going through, you are so strong. Okay, you are unbelievably strong, resilient, able to adapt and overcome. I want you to know I love you. I want you to begin to understand personal cohesiveness. You may not stick with me but stick with yourself. Don't move out of your own body. It's the world within that governs the world without. If you have a great relationship with yourself, you're gonna have a better relationship with the man of your dream. If you have a great relationship with yourself, you're gonna have a great relationship with the girl of your dream. Believe me when I tell you. The world within is the governing force. And there's laws that govern human behavior. I want you to know today, lift up your heart, lift up your minds. The best is yet to come. This is Dr. Love saying to you. You can follow up with me on Dr. The Real Deal Love. That's drtherealdeallove.com. That's my website. Google me, but get in touch with me. I'm letting you know. Ladies, get the ring with a little bling before you get into anything. This is Dr. Love saying, let's lift up the world.
4: Goodbye for now. Hello, Dreamy. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and I'm considered Dr. Dream because I am very fascinated and fixated and focused on dreams in my life personally and professionally. I find that when people remember dreams and work on it in a therapeutic environment or even in a casual environment, there's a level of depth and insight that follows that gives the dreamer and anyone who's listening a peek backstage to what's really going on with them, gives them solutions and insights that are incredibly helpful So for somebody like me who has made a profession out of dreams, I've written six books on the subject, three Oracle decks, and more to come. But it turns out that most people don't come to see somebody like me because they're having so many happy dreams. I love happy dreams. I love flying dreams, winning the lottery dreams but most people come to see someone like me because they're having scary dreams and they don't want to have them. And they come to seek me out so I can try to help them work through their issues in the dreams. And this has been going on for about 20 some years. And I've come to the place in my practice where when I hear a nightmare, I get excited. There's some part of me that says, yay, this is going to be juicy. We're going to like I can get my hands into this. And I, my purpose in this talk, talking with you right now is to get you to fast forward to the place where I'm at right now. You don't have to wait 20 years to get to the place where you're excited about scary dreams. You can get there Now, the reason why I'm excited about scary dreams isn't because I don't love the happy dreams. It's because with the scary dreams, there is a level of depth. There's a level of transformation that is always at hand. And I'd like to show you how and why and what I do with those dreams. So let's just cut to the chase. One of the things that I've learned over the years as the shortcut to mine the gold from the scary dreams. We'll call them nightmares. By the way, with me, a nightmare is an unfinished dream. A nightmare is an unfinished dream. A nightmare is an unfinished dream. Say that with me, a nightmare is an unfinished dream. So with that, I teach people how to finish their dreams, how to pick the dream up where it left off so they can work through it and bring it to the conclusion, a conclusion that empowers them. I've developed a formula that I like to call from fear to fuel, and I'm going to run through it with you quickly right now. And then I'm going to share a personal nightmare of mine and how I worked with it personally. And then I'll make sure that you understand how the fear to fuel formula works. Okay. So fear stands for face it, embrace it, ace it, and replace it. Fuel stands for future, unlimited, enlightened, and lucid. Okay, so when I work with a client, or anybody who has a funky dream, a dream that leaves the dreamer less than, let's say, joyous and fulfilled, I always say, well, now pick the dream up where it left off in your waking state. You don't have to wait until you fall asleep and have a lucid dream about this. You can do this in your waking state. And I ask them to imagine that they have all the power in the world to change their dream ending in a way that would empower them most. There's science that backs up the validity of this. They call it imagery rehearsal therapy at Harvard and many other sleep and dream research centers. If you can change the way your narrative, the way that the story went in the dream, you actually change the way you feel about the dream and you actually help to participate in that dream or nightmare and bring it to the conclusion that it might otherwise get to, but it just might take years and who's got that much time who wants to who wants to suffer i always say let's just cut to the chase if we're going to have pain that's fine but the suffering i believe is optional <sighs> okay so here's something that happened to me i had a series of very terrifying dreams where wolves were chasing me or my pets that's why you see the little wolf over here <laughs> and and there's the Native American Cherokee saying over here that you're probably familiar with. And I'll tell you the dream that I had. Well, let me tell you this. So in my dream, here's the dream. One of the dreams, one of the last dreams that I had was simply being chased by a wolf and i noticed the wolf wasn't after me so much as it was after my pet after my dog woofy and i was able to slam a sliding glass door on the wolf's face like kind of like cujo and the wolf is barking and it's very very terrifying and i woke up from that dream feeling like we're safe and then i realized yeah but i can't ever go outside so the dream although we survived in the dream. I didn't get to the place where I was thriving. So to me, the dream was unfinished. The telltale sign of it being unfinished was because I was unwell that day. I felt stressed and nervous. So I knew I needed to practice what I preached. So it made me think, this series of dreams about wolves, it made me think of one of my favorite sayings, this Cherokee saying, there are two wolves who are always in darkness, there, there's one that's in darkness and despair and one is light and hope. And the question is, which one will you feed? So I used to love that quote and I still do, but what I learned in doing my own dream alchemy, thats the process whereby you dive into a nightmare and you practice my fear to fuel formula and you see it in a different way. Anyway, I, I see that quote a little bit differently but let me tell you, I'll show you what I did with the dream. I suggest that you at the very least write the dream down exactly as it is. And then if you want to pick up where it left off and continue writing the narrative into a way that finally empowers you, or you can draw a picture, you can dance to a song, you can write a song. I suggest that you dis- that you find some form of art to express The way the dream was and then the way the dream extended into. I decided to write my dream as a little story and it goes a little something like this. The scary dream is lean. It's not mean. I can see its bones. For way too long it's been out on loan, busting into my dream trying to eat my pet, trying to get its scraggly needs met, like Jean Valjean from Le Miserable, thrown in jail by an angry mob simply for stealing a loaf of bread. They beat him senseless, left him for dead because he was trying to feed his starving family who was in need. But wouldn't you? Of course you would, as I would too. But I digress, back to my dream that left me in distress, back to the scary wolf trying to Eat my dog Woofy. Privileged and fluffy as the name Woofy implies, I rescued her from complete demise by slamming the door on the wolf's scraggly face, huffing and puffing. <sighs> At least now we're safe. For now. Hmm. But we can't hide inside forever. Ties to the outside world we'd have to sever. Memories of sunlight on our face replaced by artificial light from an indoor cell? Sounds to me like a living hell. Okay, Wolf, I know you're out there sucking up all my fresh air. Let's communicate, negotiate. Would you please articulate? What is it that you want? I'm hungry, growled the wolf in a voice that would haunt. I'm not a bad wolf. I'm actually quite good. You've got me all wrong. I'm misunderstood. I can be quite lovely when I'm not starving to death, he said sarcastically beneath his breath. I'm only a monster because I'm fighting for my life where every day is a struggle on the edge of a knife. It's been so long since I've been able to feel warmth, comfort, the stuff that makes the world go round. You know, it takes very little to help me calm down, like that steak on the second shelf of your fridge. If you threw it out in your backyard to the furthest ridge, <sighs> I'd be out of harm's way, yet close enough to protect you from the unsavory intruders and unwelcome pest, and I wouldn't come into your house. In fact, Most of the time, I would be as quiet as a mouse. Well, except during the full moon, of course, at which point I would invite you and your woofy dog to join me in a chorus and you would see how wonderful it is to howl. If you take care of me, you have no reason to growl. Just throw a little love and stake in my direction. And in exchange, you have my undying love and affection, not to mention my protection. Wow. I could see the wolf had a point. I could had nothing to lose. Give the wolf a little steak, for goodness sake. And I guess that's what I'd choose. So I went into the house, opened up the fridge, took out the steak, opened up The latch to my backyard threw the stake out real, real hard, and in seconds flat, the wolf gobbled the stake whole, licked its chinny-chin-chin, and said, Oh, my soul. Now that's what I call a win-win-win, as he proceeded to spin and spin and spin until he plopped into a fluffy heap, and with a smile on his face, you fell asleep, and I thought to myself, what the bleep? And Just then, I woke up from my dream, looked around to make sure Wolfie was still there. Thank God, sleeping soundly without a care, but the wolf continued to speak to me through my dream, saying, a shadow is only a shadow or so it seems because of the absence of light. You don't have to starve it, hide from it, or beat it into submission. Just a little transmission of love to that which has been deemed reprehensible, rejectable. Just a little wiggle room to express that which has been suppressed. And you, my friend, shall be blessed. Well, that night, Beneath the fullness of the moon, the three of us slept cozy and well, the wolf outside, Woofy and I inside, all three of us no longer in hell because we'd broken the spell and discovered the secret worth more than gold. Embracing the scary wolf is the key to treasures untold. So with that, I no longer had any wolf dreams, or actually that's not exactly true. The wolf dreams I've had since then have not been scary wolf dreams. So I wanna break this down a little bit and show you how I used my fear to fuel formula on this whole thing. So face it, embrace it, ace it, and replace it. Let's just look at fear. So face it is to say, okay, I've had this scary dream. I'm going to take a moment out of my life and I'm going to look at this. I'm going to wrap my arms around this. That's the embrace it. So looking at it means writing it down and embracing it means I'm going to now work with it. And working with it is doing some alchemy, putting art to it. This is how you ace it. This is how you turn it from something that scared you into something that now empowers you. And that's what i did in the process of creating art around this and by the end of that process i had created an ally out of this wolf this this thing that was an enemy was now my ally so that means i replaced it so now here's the fuel so all of that energy that was used dragging me down hurting my spirit, causing me to feel nervous and scared and less alive, I can now contemplate, now what's my future? That's the F in fuel, by the way. If I'm unlimited, because now that I don't have fear chomping at my heels, as they say, that fear can either push or inspiration can pull. So now I've got a future because I'm fearless that is unlimited and now my future is not only unlimited but I can imagine that it could be enlightened because in the absence of being afraid, there's the possibility of seeing through the things that scare me and knowing as Albert Einstein said, Either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. And the most important question you can ask yourself is, is this universe friendly? And if Albert Einstein concluded at the end of his life that yes, in fact, this universe is friendly, then that means even our nightmares are on our side. So that means that we can become lucid in our lives, meaning we can be awake. So that's fear to fuel. Face it, embrace it, ace it and replace it. And then fuel is imagine your future as unlimited, enlightened, and lucid, meaning you now have a say in the matter of your life. So now you can be fabulous. Fear to fuel to fabulous. So join me in a howl as we conclude this little moment together. Oh, and I hope next time you have a scary dream, you wake up from it and say, yes. All right, sweet dreams. Again, my name is Kelly Sullivan Walden, and my suggestion to you is that you no longer take your dreams lying down and may they all, even the scary ones, be sweet. Hello and welcome.
5: We are going today into a laboratory of life so that we can uplift you and the world, because that's how it starts. It starts from us. Each one of us matters. Each one of us makes a difference. And you will find out now how. How would you feel if you had what you think right now is superpowers? How would you feel if you were to realize all that it is hidden in you? All the possibilities that are in your DNA. How would you feel if you knew you are a genius? I know it sounds like as if it's far-stretched, yet let's explore together. Genius is not just a person with an incredible creative ability. It's also someone who creates a long-lasting impact in the world. A creative ability can be in any direction. It is not just IQ. It could be any type of intelligence. Some people have emotional intelligence at the level that is incredible and they affect everybody who is around them. Some people have spiritual intelligence, musical intelligence, mathematical intelligence. There are many intelligences and it's a combination of them that is unique to us. Moreover, NASA, the Space Aeronautic Agency in the United States, has done a study about genius-level creativity. And when they applied the same test to children at five years old, 1,600 of them They found that 98% of these children had genius-level creativity. So, you have that in you. It's encoded in you. You were born as a genius. Unfortunately, by the age of 25, the same children, now adults, had only 2% of them. Who kept that level of creativity, which means that how we study, how we learn, by simply accepting knowledge and not thinking on our own, not being driven by our curiosity, being standardized, is not effective for genius. It served us in the society that we lived in, uh, industrial society, but now it's all changing and it's time to awaken your genius. It's needed now. The problems we work on right now in our societies and as humanity on our planet are so big that nothing less than genius can help us. I invite you to awaken and apply your genius. And what do I mean by that? And how can we get there? It is possible. It's in you, even if it has been switched off by what you do, how you grew up, what you were told as a child when we are pretty much in a hypnotic state until age seven. When somebody told you that that you are less than Jill or John um, in mathematics or you can't play piano as well as your neighbor, we believed it. We were programmed that it is true. And what's not true is that you have to be like anybody else. You are unique and the world needs you and the world needs you right now. So how do you awaken your genius? First is doing what you love, what comes easy to you naturally. We're taught not to appreciate that and not only appreciate what comes with hard work and hard labor, yet When we do what we love and have a good time doing that, and we know there is a meaning to it, we learn 300% faster. And also about uniqueness, Einstein said, if you judge the fish by its ability to climb the tree, it will think all of its life that it is stupid. So let's not judge. Let's find what energizes you, what brings you joy. That's your path to genius. That's your path to flow. That's your natural genius. Then the next ingredient of this formula for genius is purpose. When the purpose is big enough, truly transformative, it will energize you, lift you up. It will make you spread your wings. Even if you don't know how to do it, what to do, you will find the way. It is also a curiosity because very often the purpose is to find something that's new, find the meaning, find the correlations, like in a table of elements, chemical elements. It all came during sleep to Mendeleev. They all have come up together in a table. With logic, meaning, and sense because he just had to know. He was thinking about it all the time. So whatever your purpose is, whatever is what you are curious about, that is what is necessary and important for you to be in your genius. And then the next ingredient is how we see the world, our mindset, our level of consciousness. Because if we see the world as being powerless, as being the victims, and it's easy to feel it right now because we are in a state of a pandemic around the world, and it's hard, so hard for so many of us, yet it is disempowering. When we are angry at others thinking that they took away our power, then whatever we believe is true, When we just think rationally from the head, it doesn't have the power of emotions connected with it. So, rational is good for improvement and solving immediate problems, but it's not going to inspire you to do something truly great. When we connect the head and the heart, then we start looking at greatness in you, in what you do. And when we go inside of us and we listen to our intuition and we get into that alternate state where we switch off our natural fight and flight response, our amygdala that is responsible for that response, and we start dreaming, dreaming without limitation, and we start having ideas that are important to us and we give these ideas thought energy time they start appearing with details to a moment where they can be implemented into reality and that takes energy and energy comes when we believe it's important so that's a very important element your purpose and one more the environment. Is our environment switching on our genius DNA or switching it off? If at work or on the project that you work on your genius is needed, you are not afraid to fail, you are free to experiment, to come up with solutions that may be non-traditional, your Genius will be at play. So let me remind you again. Your natural genius, what you love, what comes easy for you. Your purpose. The bigger the purpose, the more of you is activated. Your mindset. When you are happy, when you know what you're doing is meaningful and you give your energy to it, you will create what matters. And then the environment. That's the formula for genius. And I invite you to activate it. And now I invite you to do what is even more important. Today it is about us dreaming up a beautiful future. The future that is not just like what it used to be. The future that is more wonderful, more enticing, more inspiring than anything you experience. The future where our problems at home, in our community, on our planet, have been resolved. The future where there is a place for every person's genius, for you and others. The future where we live in harmony as people and with the planet the future is in your hands you have the superpowers to make that future a reality if you want to learn more you can find more information at wwwleapnumber 2 geniuscom and i'm aliki Hellman. let's dream up a greater future together to your genius.